0: This is Archive Atlanta, episode 220, Automobiles. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. This week we're talking about Atlanta's automobile history, a very fitting topic if there ever was one, because Atlanta's love affair with the car is still going strong in 2023. And we've been obsessed since they first hit the market at the turn of the 20th century. So in this episode, I'm going to share when the first automobiles appeared, the first auto dealers, auto shows, auto racing, automobile row, and so much more. And I'm really only going to like the 1920s. So there was a lot Of kind of related history here, and I was really narrowing it down because I have plans to do, you know, an episode about roads and interstates, and um, a special bonus episode about some moonshine smuggling. And so, anyway, we're being kind of highly specific here in this episode. The basic history of automobiles starts around 1672 with the first steam-powered vehicle. In the early 1800s, we got the first internal combustion engine. By 1826, the first industrially applied internal combustion engine was developed. And by 1887, Carl Benz developed the first gasoline-powered production vehicles. In the United States, the Locomobile Company of America made its appearance on the national scene in 1899, and for several years, the company produced inexpensive steam cars. In 1902, those turned to internal combustion, and then in 1908, the Ford Model T became the first automobile made on an assembly line. Before we get into Atlanta's auto history, let's go back to a simpler time like the turn of the 20th century. When Atlantans moved around the city via horse, mule, bicycle, streetcar, or on foot. In 1899, Atlanta had nine carriage dealers, six wagon makers, and six wagon yards. The city was also filled with trades that catered to horses and wagons. All 12 fire stations were powered with horse and wagon, as well as police. In 1899, the newspaper headlines declared that the first automobile company was being organized in Atlanta, by Whitney Wadener Elkins. And they were going to name it the Atlanta Electric Vehicle Company. So yes, the first popular cars were electric and they were often called horseless carriages because they were typically ornate, massive carriages designed for upper-class customers and actually marketed towards women drivers. So imagine an essentially what you would think of as a horse-drawn carriage um, truly without the horses. And so that is what the very first cars looked like. At the turn of the 20th century, so 1900, 40% of automobiles in the United States were steam-powered, 38% were electric, and 22% were gasoline. The first automobile to make its appearance in Atlanta was in that same year. So 1899, it's driven by H.C. Wilson, who is a representative of the manufacturer, and he had come from driving it in a parade in Macon. And so he was delivering it to Washington, D.C. and decided to drive through Atlanta. Per the Constitution reporter who was lucky enough to take that first ride, the car, quote, spun out Peachtree at a lively rate and attracted the attention of pedestrians, bicycle riders, and persons in the streetcars and carriages, end quote. It was electric and could go 40 to 60 miles with one charge. It was then parked in front of the Kimball House in downtown Atlanta for all Atlantans to examine it, and it would not be until the next year, so September of 1900, that the first horseless carriage delivery wagon hit the streets of Atlanta. Now, it was the first in the South. It was painted red and gold, and it cost $1,500. This was a test. It was owned by the Swift and Company. I think they were meat packers To see, like, how well would it do, you know, before we totally uh, motorize our fleet? By 1901, only a handful of people owned an automobile, one of them being Rebecca Douglas Lowe, who I talked about in the Atlanta Women's Club episode. In 1902, the first automobile races were held in Atlanta at the Coliseum in Piedmont Park as part of a Labor Day festivity. So if you want a little bit more detail about racing in the park, I talked about that in the bicycle episode, which was number 76. But this race in 1902 was between Earl Basin or Basin and a mystery Atlantan that wanted to remain anonymous. So one vehicle was gas and one was electric. And that was the big draw, right? Who would win? Let me tell you, I tried. I tried to find out, but I couldn't find out. So if anyone has come across this in their, in their research, um, send me a message. Let me know. By the early 1900s, cars began appearing around the city. So the first accident occurred in 1902 when a Georgia Electric Light Company vehicle ran into the Erskine Fountain, um, which now it's in Grant Park, but it used to be up, um, on Peachtree by West Peachtree. There was also a lot of stories of people being hit by cars, especially because for most children, they just weren't used to watching out for them. And the conditions of Atlanta streets actually come front and center for city officials. In 1903, only 63 of Atlanta's 200 miles of streets were paved. And I also talked about this in the bicycle episode, but cyclists really deserve a lot of credit on paving and getting smooth roads, because at this point, they're trying to navigate with new cars um, and pedestrians and, you know, still some horses on the road, and they were really concerned for their safety. In the first decade of the 20th century, news of the city's first automobile factory was announced, and that would be the Deloach Verispeed Company, owned by A.A. Deloach. The first car ride from Atlanta to Macon happened in 1903. It was in a car called the Red Devil, which was the car owned by the Southeastern Fair. The first hill climb took place in 1903 on Stewart Avenue, um, which today is Metropolitan. And so I had this question, but what is a hill climb, you ask? Um, This is one of the oldest forms of motorsports. So the first hill climb took place in 1897 in France, and it's essentially an uphill race course. So imagine 3,000 people and 500 automobiles along Metropolitan Avenue. There were Ford, Buick, Stearns, Pope Hartford's. Um, Stoddard Daytons, Maxwells, just to name a few. And one of those Pope Stoddards actually exploded. <laughs> and the overall winner, not in that car, was William Oldno. So hill climbs would go on for another decade. I have not been able to exactly figure out where on Metropolitan these were, but I'm working on that. And I will tell you this, it is not as big of a hill as you think it's supposed to be. So there's also the slight incline in front of Pon City Market today, up on Ponce de Leon, that was also used as part of a hill climb. So you have to remember in a 1903, 1905 automobile, um, a very small incline like that was hard to do. By 1904, the city began requiring vehicle registration. And so we have some hard data at this point. There are 99 horseless carriages legally registered by 1905. They also started issuing driver's licenses. There were 18 issued in 1905, which brought the total in Atlanta to 33. And very unofficially, they were issued by Edward Inman and a local police officer. And so the funny thing is that they estimate in this year that Atlanta has 75 to 100 drivers. Not all of them have licenses. And so I went into a small rabbit hole here. Apparently, Missouri and Massachusetts were the first states to require driver's licenses in 1903. Um, the first state to require a driving exam was Rhode Island in 1919. And Georgia did not legislate driver's licenses until 1937. And even when they did not require um, people who already had some kind of license to take a driving test. So there is an article from 1952 where the state of Georgia says, hey, we have 2 million drivers, but 500,000 of them have never had to take a driver's exam. I feel like this explains a lot (laughs) about Atlanta's current drivers. You know, there's, there's some kind of history here that has brought us to the present. There were also a lot of parades. So in 1906, they had an illuminated auto parade at Peachtree and West Peachtree, went down to Whitehall Street and back. Um, In the summer of 1907, there was an orphan parade where 104 automobiles carted over 350 orphaned children from many of the city's orphanages. And they took them basically downtown um, and then out on Ponce de Leon to the amusement park there for like a day of fun. So by 1908, the headlines of the Atlanta Constitution read, in all caps, Atlanta is the auto center of the South. At this point, we had had the Atlanta Automobile Club. We touted several car companies, which was a huge change to years prior. So before 1909, the South was not thought of as a suitable auto market. First of all, cars are too expensive. There's 109 models available available. 28 of them cost between four dollars and $5,000. 13 of them cost more than $6,000. And only three models cost less than 1000 And so manufacturers did not come down to the South because the region did not have the wealth that they wanted. And they also had really terrible roads. In 1909, 11 Southern states had only 17,700 out of half a million miles of roads that were considered quote unquote good. In May of 1909, the Atlanta Constitution established a pathfinding tour between Atlanta and Macon. And so pathfinding tours were really interesting. They were basically runs or kind of races where drivers would compete to find the fastest, smoothest route between two points and then map the pathway with timing records. Also in 1909, Indianapolis, Indiana announced that they would build the world's greatest automobile racing track. And then just months later... Buddy Candler bought 290 acres of farmland south of downtown Atlanta. And by May, he and his friend had plans to build a world-class racing track. So this track was finished in October of 1909, and it had its first race in November, just in time for the automobile show. Now, before we get into the show, that track is basically the genesis of Atlanta's airport. So if you're interested in that story, go listen to the um, Hartsfield-Jackson episode. So let's back up to the start of 1909. Plans of hosting the South's first auto show, you know, had already been in the rumbling. But in February of that year, after a meeting discussing the logistics of having a show, two dozen automobile and auto part dealers formally organized the Atlanta Automobile Trade Association. They elected a president, his name was E.W. Gans, and they formed subcommittees. Each dealer then wrote home to their home factory about the auto show, Asking for extra stock. So, you know, they weren't carrying that in Atlanta. They needed it to be sent down. In 1909, the National Association of Automobile Manufacturers only sanctioned four shows in the U.S. I think it was like New York, Detroit, obviously, and then two that I can't remember. Asa Candler, who was president of the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce at the time, addresses these automotive executives like Henry Ford and Ransom Olds, um, and he basically convinces them they vote to hold the first show in the South. And this was a huge win for Atlanta, very much part of that New South movement from the post-Civil War period, and then very much the forward Atlanta movement that was just on the horizon. Taking place from November 6th to the 13th of 1909, the automobile show was held in the brand new Auditorium Armory building. Today, that building has been extensively remodeled, but it is Georgia State's Dahlberg Hall. There are extensive drawings of the exhibition layout. They had like several floors. They were you know, showcasing the latest and greatest in automotive stock. Over 67 auto companies applied for space. They included Cadillac, Oldsmobile, and Packard. Atlantans walked into the building and saw thousands of electric lights, as well as 40 large and many, many more small oil paintings that were all of race scenes or cars specifically. The whole building was covered in blue bunting and American flags were everywhere. As part of the fanfare surrounding the show, the New York Herald and the Atlanta Journal co-sponsored an automobile endurance race from New York to Atlanta. So contestants began on New York City's Broadway on October 25th, and they drove down to Petrie Street in Atlanta by November 3rd. And this was a huge deal. The Georgia Railway Company actually constructed like a sidetrack to shuttle to and from racing events. They made everybody these little lapel buttons that were a bale of cotton framed by a car wheel. Um, I think in total, 61 car manufacturers were kind of involved in this, came down because of the race. And if I do have this correct, Ty Cobb, famous baseball legend, actually participated in his own automobile. Not to be outdone, the Atlanta Constitution uh, tried to kind of compete. They held the Good Roads Reliability Run. That was about 200 cars coming to the state um, into Atlanta. And then 500 local automobiles following them waving Georgia flags. And I think those people, they put them together in a parade that started at Peachtree and 15 Streets, um, which was actually police led all the way down into Atlanta. And they actually stopped the streetcar for the auto parade. Now, while the auto show was considered a success, it didn't really boost Southern car sales. So we did get the White Star Automobile Company, which was the first Southern auto company, and it was formed in Atlanta, um, but it filed for bankruptcy by 1911. Sales in general remained low until about 1912. That year, we saw 38 new business licenses for auto dealers in the city. Um, the Maxwell Briscoe Company was the first company to have car success in Atlanta, and they established a regional headquarters on Auburn Avenue. Around this time in Atlanta, you could buy an Austin, Cadillac, Columbus, Elmore, Graham Logan, uh Hupmobile, Interstate, Jackson, Metz, Moon, Overland, Packard, Pennsylvania, Pierce Arrow... Um, Pullman, Regal, Speedwell, like these names I have never heard of because I'm not a car person. Um, Studebaker, I know that one, and White Steamer. And this is just to name a few. There's probably 10 more. So as these companies opened branches and factories in Atlanta, they centered this industry on what would be called automobile row. Initially, this was considered the stretch of Peachtree Street from the Candler Building to the Georgian Terrace. Both still stand today. And between 1912 and 1920, so many buildings popped up on Petrie Street, more than a hundred between Ellis and Ponce de Leon. In 1920, Atlanta had 80 automotive dealers, and half of them were on or adjacent to Petrie Street. Around 1925, the dealers began opening more on West Beach Street and then Spring Street. So you kind of see this progression, um, just at least a little later. And then the last auto dealers left Spring Street in the mid-1960s. And before you ask, yes, there are many, many buildings still standing. There was an old Army-Navy surplus store um, on Peachtree Street, and that was the Martin Johnson used car dealership. Um, There's a building at 526 West Peachtree that was built in 1921 for Pierce Arrow. The former Peachtree Pine Shelter was the United Motor Service building couple more that I can't remember their addresses right now. But I will say there's a lot lost, um, especially on Peachtree. A lot of vacant lots that you don't think about now, and especially with the construction of the connector. So now there is a bridge that you walk over um, with a highway underneath. That was all auto buildings. In 1912, we had more hill climbs on Stewart Avenue, and we started to have some on Buena Vista Avenue. The city's funeral homes were converted to horseless carriages, and by 1913, Atlanta's largest wagon and carriage dealer, John Smith, had demolished all his stock and moved solely to car sales. By 1914, there were 4,500 vehicles registered in the city, and in 1915, the Ford Motor Company opened an assembly plant on Ponce de Leon, which is today the Ford factory lofts. In 1917, there was a Federal Aid Road Act. It's kind of a combination of two acts. I think one was the Bankhead Shackleford and then the Good Roads Act. Essentially, this is the first federal highway funding legislation in the US. And it so it gave lots of subsidies to road building efforts. Um, and then there is an increase in these quote unquote good roads. And you know, we continue our, our obsession with the automobile. If you listened way back to the fire department episode, it is after Atlanta's 1917 fire that the city's fire department completely motorizes, and there's a really great picture of that. I think they were in Piedmont Park set up. So there you have it, the story of Atlanta's early automobile history. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. There's also a link in the show notes if you want to support the work. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.